Hi, welcome to the Hop Editions of Hop Cartel. I'm your host Mick, and in this episode, I'm going to discuss a little bit more about the Kaiser build, um, the Freshwalk kits, and where they've um, where they're at now, and also a little bit about the recent sale of um, one of our uh, big um, beer conglomerates here to the even bigger conglomerate in Japan, Asahi. Um, Asahi Group has taken over um, a fair chunk of um, Forks craft beer, I guess you could say. There is a couple of craft beers that are, were included in that sale as a um, throw in a free set of steak knives sort of deal. Anyway, um, the Kaiser build. So at the moment, we're been at it for two years i've just looked back over the photos when i first brought the um, chest freezer home um, the chest freezer was purchased from a local wasn't purchased it was a freebie um, from a local uh, vacation care uh, before and after school care at a primary school <coughs> excuse me and that was located pretty much in a, two streets away from home i decided that <coughs> Uh, a freebie and the plan on building a Kieser, um that was the best opportunity so I jumped on it it was old, it was beaten up it, I guess it was not old but it looked old, it was a couple of years old um, but it had been through the wars and had paint and um, scratches and all types of things you expect for a freezer that's been sitting at a, uh, at a school and being used um, for vacation care and, and other sorts of things like that. Uh, so two years, two years exactly this month, uh, the build's been going on for. It's been used for hop storage, fermenting chamber, uh, bottle conditioning chamber, um, you name it. It's it's been anything, any brewery brewery related. It's been used for. Um, so I'm so glad that it's now finished and. Um, we can get some uh, some decent beers pouring on it. So at the moment we've only got an XPA on tap one. We've got a um, Galaxy and uh, Warrior <coughs> uh, New England IPA. Third tap is um, is installed but has nothing on it. Fourth tap actually has a soft drink. So I've dedicated the fourth tap to um, to a soda stream base syrup um, and water keg um, obviously carbonated and um, I've dedicated that one to the, the wife and kids and the wife hasn't showed too much interest in it like many wives don't really show much interest in your brewing um, she's not a huge beer lover anyway so um, but she's been very patient and I love her to death for that and um has allowed me to pursue that little uh, project as part of my hobby um, the slippery slope there's that term again it's become such a slippery slope for me I'm still nowhere near hitting the bottom and there's so much more to do and learn so um, uh, it's going to keep at it I guess um, as a lot of brewers say I'll take it to the grave um, so 
learning it all over again. I did have a, 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 a keg set up back in uh, a, a, while, a fair while ago now, um, along with the um, the uh, Nano Brewery, which sold off as part of the uh, the savings for for a house. A lot of things had to be sacrificed. Uh, but we're getting back into it now. So learning all over again and, and trying to recap and uh, rethink the way things were done. Um, I've already had a mishap with the CO2 bottle. Uh, it wasn't so much a CO2 bottle, it was the um, disconnect for the keg. Ball lock disconnect um, has a little threaded a uh, thing on top of it with a slot for it, like a, a flat blade screwdriver so you can tighten, loosen it off and uh, pull it apart, clean it, whatever else. Um, when I connected the second keg for the New England IPA, the Galaxy Warrior New England IPA, I had to... Uh, I, I had a 12-volt uh, computer fan running inside the, the keys that are to pump the air around when it's open and closed and it only comes on with the temp controller when the um, the freezer cycles so at the time I connected the uh, disconnect the thing on the top of the disconnect was loose the fan was running so I didn't hear the gas coming out through that disconnect uh, went off inside um, left it for a bit to cool down a little bit more um, it was at about two degrees when it was carbonated when it went back into the keyser was a little bit over that it was approaching three degrees so i thought i'd just put it in and come back to it later when i opened the freezer lid up um i was overwhelmed by a co2 um, not a very nice feeling um, if you get a little bit too much in your system it's not very nice at all um, and I thought mm, that something's leaking it does smell a little bit gassy just a little bit it, like I say it overwhelms me but um, when I checked the high pressure gauge on the regulator it was uh, just hovering above empty and I knew that I'd uh, lost all the gas uh, quick shoot up the highway to get it refilled not a bad price I guess $10 a kilo so $28.05 to get a 2.6 kilo bottle filled uh, not bad at all but I wish I didn't have to do it so early um, I don't know how many kegs you can carbonate with one, one of those but um, yeah I didn't get as many as what I thought <laughs> um, so that's the first mishap I had in the the, the, the relearning and um, uh, going back over everything to start kicking again. Uh, so far, so good. So, like I say, we've got two beers on tap and a soft drink. Uh, kids are novelty starting to wear off, so I may get to use that fourth tap for beer again. Just depends how it goes. So we plan on rotating the kegs, so I've got to purchase the fourth keg, I only got the three at the moment, uh, and then another four after that, so we've got the rotation, so we'll have, uh, I might do, develop two XPA recipes, uh, the one I've got on there at the moment, it's okay, but it's just lacking something, I'm not quite sure what it is, it might be body and um, it seems a little bit thin, the hop 
aroma and, and, and flavours are good on it, but it's just it's just missing something. It's not doesn't come across as uh, as good as a a, a commercial XPA. Um, the New England IPA, um, yeah, does need a little bit more tweaking. These are only extract beers that I'm doing. I only done them to get the keg set up up and running, and I will develop um, some more grain recipes to to hopefully put on. So just develop some house recipes, some house beers to go on there. Muck around with the third tap, um, with dark beers, some Russian Imperial Stouts, some Porters. Um, that's going to be a very experimental tap um, for the colder months. So a lot of different beers, I guess, until I can fine-tune which one I like the most. I'm really digging Russian Imperial Stouts, and I'm certainly digging hoppy uh, um, dark ales, uh, black ales, Cascadian ales, all that quite sorts of things I've been um, tasting recently uh, from the commercial or independent breweries um, have been really good. So maybe trying to track down some decent recipes. I do want to do the fresh wort kit, the Russian Imperial Stout by All In Brewing, which was the widowed butcher. Uh, I have that a very very. I consider close recipe to that fresh wort kit so I think I may just um, I'll give that one a run um, yeah so the fresh wort kits I wasn't too happy with the traditional ale or the one that we renamed rustic ale um, it just had a flavor that wasn't sitting right with me um, that since started to mellow out and balance really well um, it is a totally different beer now than what it was when I, I first tasted it um, both these fresh wort kits have been bottled bottled and bottle conditioned um, there's not much left of the Russian Imperial Stout anymore I'll say half of that um, Imperial Stout went to my dad and half of the Rustic Ale also went to him um, we went halves in those two fresh wort kits um, the uh, Russian Imperial Stout only two bottles left of that I um, wish I'd kept more it's starting to really come come good, the last bottle I had um, was really really nice it warms nicely, some really good flavours starting to develop through that finished up at 11.1% um, which is not a bad nightcap beer uh, bottled in 330ml bottles uh, starting to throw some nice chocolate um, and uh, rum flavours uh, which I didn't expect to come from something like that uh, it wasn't there to begin with but it's mellowed out really nice the rustic ale, traditional ale from Tin Shed Brewing up in Dungog, New South Wales that is throwing some really nice chocolate, coffee um, the, the chocolate malt has taken a little probably more of a, a little bit of a crystally uh, you know um, burnt grain sort of you know bready flavour very nice has really come good and balanced really nicely so I'm quite happy with those so we will do those again as well so there's a fair bit of brewing to, to happen um back into the all grain uh, everything's there I need now we're uh, 
got all the stuff we need for the three vessel system that's probably going to be a build that take another two years uh, also a few other funding pumps and obviously um, some um, disconnects and stuff as well for that um, another element we're going to run uh, gas electric with that and um, like I say it could be another two years in that build but you know slow and steady wins the race so the way that the keysers came out is really really made you know I'm chuffed and the there is photos up on a couple of social um, media platforms obviously the hop cartel on Instagram um, House of Lupulin on Instagram There's, I think I've put a few photos up across both of those pages or both of those accounts of mine uh, there's a few photos went up on um, Cheeky Peaks Homebrew Ambassadors I had to share them up on there considering that's where uh, most of the, um, the hardware and, and, and uh, equipment came from for that build World Homebrew Club we love craft beer. I've shared a couple of photos across all them platforms as well on Facebook. So um, I've got so much content to upload to uh, Hop Cartel Facebook page. Uh, I haven't had a lot to do with that page uh, lately, uh, but I've got so much content up on load there. Um, I've lost two or three hundred photos of the build, which I'm absolutely devastated about. I wasn't planning on uploading all two or three hundred of them, but I just took photos of every little thing that I'd done along the way, um, so I could sort of, I could recap on it. I could, uh, ref, you know, I could go back and look over it if I was to build another one, um, a smaller unit, maybe one to as a portable. Um, then I, I, I knew exactly what I'd done off it. Look, it's in the back of my mind how I'd done the build, but I think just having those photos and little bits of video snippets and stuff would have been really good uh, been big help to me for me to get through uh, recapping if I had to build again that's life I uploaded into the cloud and uh, I just can't find it I've found a lot of other stuff that I've that's gone up into the Google cloud um, but the stuff that I really want that's just disappeared it's got to be there somewhere I'll, I'll probably find it and when I do I'll uh, be like winning the lottery um, so the big sellout well wasn't spoken about for very long and there was a bit of speculation about what actually went along with the sale and the the two that um well, the main one that surprised people, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head, but the main one being Pirate Life, um, being owned by, uh, I guess, a smaller um, throw-off of, of the big Australian conglomerate. Um, they didn't believe that, that these two smaller sort of throw-offs were part of the deal but they got thrown in as a, a free set of steak knives I guess they there's this this they're calling it um, and Asahi has taking on um, a lot of folks breweries uh, folks craft breweries uh, so those sort of entry-level beers that a lot of people would have had over the years 
um, you know, similar to Fat Yak and uh, Matilda Bay. Um, James Squire, you know, all those, you know, Mountain Goat, all those entry-level sort of um, uh, craft beers. Um, some of them are really making some nice beers now, which is quite surprising, but the big one I say is Pirate Life, for it to be a sellout, and then to be a sellout again, and be sold to a, a huge Japanese conglomerate. Um, the, look, I'm not surprised, but in saying that, I think I think if you offered the right amount of money, anyone will sell out. And if you say you wouldn't, um, I call you a liar, to be honest. Because um, I tell you what, if I had one of the best-selling craft beers here in Australia, um, and probably one of the I wouldn't call it a pioneer, but one of the well-known sort of Pirate Life is probably where a lot of people venture to after those smaller Forks craft beers. Um, their beers were, were pretty good and, and are still pretty good. And I think if I had something like that and someone come to me with millions or billions of dollars, I'm talking billions of dollars with that recent sale, but you know, like for for something that may have cost five hundred thousand to a to a million dollars to to build, um, and you sell out for ten times that, and you haven't been going for very long at all, um, I think you're crazy not to. Certainly, you'd give it a really good thought. Uh, that kind of concludes the episode. I think I've spoken about everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, oh, the Reaper Mead. Well, well, well. Holy shit. That is so hot. I I didn't plan on it being as hot as what it is. And it has blown me out of the water. I honestly cannot... I can't... Ex- the amount of heat. This It's five litres with seven chilies. It was around about seven chilies, I think it was. They weren't the biggest uh, pods, seeds and all. I, I, kept, I did keep some seeds actually because I want to plant them uh, for this coming season, give it a go myself. And hopefully I'll grow enough to be able to, to do, uh, I've got two big 30 litre glass carboys there. I want to do, um, I'll do some big ones. And I think the next one I do is going to have cacao nibs, uh, reapers, um, and we'll, and we'll do a little bit more experimenting. We have finished off the um, six cider. Um, experimental cider making. Um, that project, um, I wouldn't call it a massive flop. I just, it, towards the end there, I, I didn't think I was going to make it to six. I got to six, but the last, the last two, um, uh, I haven't tried, and they're getting aged. No footage. Once again, that footage. I had to update the phone, and to do that, I had to to move stuff to the cloud. I've lost some recent stuff, and two of those videos I lost. I'm so hope I can find them. Two of the ones I lost. Uh, the recent were the two, the two of the um, the ciders, um, which we're, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to age those because I want to, 
I want to try something a little bit different with those two so um, I spent a little bit more on those two for the apple juice so it's not uh, a home brand apple juice um, it was apple juice purchased from the markets fresh pressed it cost me a lot of money but anyway that's uh, beside the point um, so yeah we're going to play around with some more uh, meads um, I've tracked down some locally made Boshe honey. Um, it's around about $180 for 15 litres or 15 kilos. Um, yeah, expensive but good, top quality, well handled honey. Um, so I really, I, I, I want to make uh, some meads with those. Uh, as gifts where are we now 2019 uh, 2025 <clears throat> is the projection for those gifts so if I can I can make it store it age it uh, to 2025 I think I'll be doing well um, but there's there's some big things happening in 2025 there's a f- few anniversaries some special kinds of anniversaries coming up in 2025 um, and one in particular would be around Christmas and I think um, Boshay Honey uh, Mead was, is going to be a nice little topper to those um, celebrations. That concludes this episode. Um, I will be back with another episode pretty soon. Uh, I've got some uh, things happening around about now. And I'm hoping that um, Charm Brewing, J-Man, the home brewing experience, is still part of the Anchor um, podcast. And I can get him on and do a um, do a live crossover with him on one of these episodes. Anyway, that concludes this episode. Cheers for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one.